What's up, everybody? I'm Kyle Condor. A lot of you may know me as Kyle NYY from Twitter. Been wanting to work on something with the kid Dan Rourke for a while now. He's got his thing going on with Yankees Avenue. He's cool enough to let me come on here and host the show that he's going to be posting on his channels and stuff like that. We're bringing you a little bit of a season preview to completely diehard Yankees fan. Noticed for a while this kid had the same vibe as me. We were always making sure people stay optimistic on Twitter. So if you're looking for people to complain and cry about minor injuries and stuff like that, you're in the wrong place. I'm just going to start there. Facts, yo. Talk about a collab that we've been trying to do for a long, long time. And uh, I'm honored to be with Kyle Condor. I'm sure you guys all know him from Twitter. Dope-ass Yankees content. Like you said, we're both very optimistic. If you're pessimistic, definitely not the place to be. We are probably the two most optimistic fans in the Yankee community. I would say so, at least. We've been optimistic throughout this whole ride of the coronavirus and all that. Always been saying sports is going to come back. And would you look at that? Opening day is Thursday. It's happening. I'm pumped, bro. I'm very, very, I'm stoked. Yes, sir. This is the morning after the first exhibition game against the Mets. That shit was fun as hell. I wasn't sure what to expect, but we're like six innings in, and I completely forgot anything was different, to be honest, bro. Everything looked and sounded fantastic. Yeah. And I was also listening on the radio because I had to go somewhere real quick. Bro, like, you wouldn't even know the difference. Like, it literally felt like it's just a normal July after July night. You're listening to a baseball game. And, like, with the crowd noise and all that, some people were iffy on it, me included. But, like, it added a nice little electricity. Just the sound in the background here and that, it felt like a normal baseball game. So, like, I was already stoked for the season. I'm even more so now because it feels normal. Yeah, bro. And the best part about it was the Yankees got a big dub, 9-3. Yeah. to three. Clint Frazier hit an absolute bomb. Everybody was hitting. Talkman had three hits. Talkman, bro. What was he He doing? was batting leadoff. He was batting leadoff. That's my – Talkman's mm. my guy. Yep. I don't know how much we're going to talk about him, but – that's my guy. I'm, I'm most excited to see him play this season more than anybody because I feel like he's really got something to prove this year, and it's that he is as good as he was for those couple of months last season. Anyway, this will be dropping on 9 o'clock Monday night before the regular season starts. So if you're watching this right away, it's probably like the seventh inning of the exhibition game against the Phillies. We're going to do a lot of different segments. You see them at the bottom of your screen here. We're going to get into all kinds of stuff. We already said we're very biased Yankees fans. We're very optimistic, but it's not fun to just do that throughout. So we're going to be doing some hot takes, some things you guys may not like and stuff like that. Yeah. We're going to try to be like as realistic as possible. Now, in terms of us being biased, it's very easy to be biased when you arguably, you know, your fans have arguably the best team in baseball. So you ready to get into it? Hell yeah, bro. I uh, I got my Yankees ALCS mug. Of course, that didn't go the way we had hoped, but... They uh, dope logo. was cheated, so it doesn't really count. I also got this water. So I got coffee and a water. Who's this that? is from the Columbus Clippers game. I was at there in 2016 because I had a job and the basketball coach at my job throughout the first pitch of the game. That's the old AAA squad for the Yankees. I don't know if you know about that. I had no idea. No, I was a little bit confused yeah. at first. I saw AOS champions. I'm like, bro, what are you rocking? Well, <laughs> now they're the Indians AAA team, the Columbus Clippers in Ohio. But before Scranton Wilkes-Barre, the Columbus Clippers were the Yankees. Oh, that's right. It was what, back in the 90s was that? I feel yeah. like the Columbus Clippers were the Yankees AAA team until like, if I had to guess, bro, it was probably like 2007 or 2008. Oh, That's just dude. a guess. So I hardly had even a conscience back then. So Yeah, I was just old enough to like care like about wow. minor leagues a little bit. If it was 07, bro, I was like a little seven-year-old twat. So, you know, <laughs> I didn't start watching baseball hardcore until about 09. And then 2011 is when I really picked it up, bro. That's where I started to become yeah. diehard. So. so the age you were in 09, so I'm 27 now. So I was probably that same age when like the dynasty was going on, like 
the Diamondbacks lucky. World Series and stuff like you're that. Lucky, you're lucky. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I was like nine years old in 2009. I mean, talk about the best year to just start getting into baseball. I was like, kind of, you know, I was watching a lot of regular season games, not as many as I do now, but come postseason, bro, that just got me hooked. And also, you know, I'm a big A Rod fan. Goes without yeah. saying, that's why. Yeah, if you know Dan, you know this dude's obsessed with A Rod. And he's even more obsessed with Aaron Judge. So I love Aaron Judge as much as anybody except for Dan. So (laughs) if he gets too into it, like if he starts really tasting Aaron Judge, I might have to just like be like Dan. And expect it to happen, bro. And the people on my channel, they know too, bro. And there's reason to. There's reason. You know, he is, in my opinion, the best player in baseball not named Mike Trout. So, And we're going to see it this year, bro. We're going to see it. I mean, Yelich might still have him edged out, but if Aaron Judge can stay healthy, I don't know. Another discussion for another day. God, I want to go into it right now. Can I just say something really quick? Get Yelich, your point out, and then we're starting this thing. Okay, Judge, Yelich, their offensive peak is basically the exact same. Honestly, Judge might be a little bit better, but Yelich, below average defender. Aaron Judge, arguably the best defensive right fielder in baseball. So, Is Yelich known to be not that good at defense? Well, he's right around league average. His defensive run saved last year was a little bit below. I think he was like negative three, which, remember, league average for a defensive run saved, like you have zero. That's still solid. Like, being a league average defender is good. But, I mean, Aaron yeah. Judge, he had 20 in just 102 games, which led all right fielders last year, remember? If well, he's great... healthy, he could be as good as anybody in the league. Yeah, he just so... needs to not take a fastball to the wrist and break his rib trying to make a play for his pitcher, bro. Oh, and sleep on his neck the wrong way. and We've all done that, bro. I woke up with a for... back today. It's, it's how it goes, bro. <sighs> Whatever. I hope he stays healthy. We'll get there. He's we'll going to stay healthy. He's going to stay healthy. All right, so the first thing we're going to do today – we're each going to give a positive take about a Yankees player and a negative take about a Yankees player. We're going to go back and forth. So Dan's going to give a positive. I'm going to give a positive. Dan's going to give a negative. I'm going to give a negative. Now, you might not like what we have to say in the negative section, but that's what makes this stuff fun. Debate with us. Let us know what you think. Call us dumb. Whatever you want to do, we're here for that. That's what and Let's make something fun. clear here, too, is like we're – we had to come up with a negative, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. we kind of like had to look for one. So like, We're starting the show off with a bang. We didn't want it to be boring. Exactly, yeah. We can't just be like dick riding the Yankees the entire time. As much as I personally would love to, got to try to be a little bit realistic. So we're going right. to come at you with a, a negative take, a positive take, and, you know, don't, don't overreact. Too the other thing is Dan and I have discussed which players we're discussing, but he hasn't told me what he's going to say about these players. So without further ado, Dan – do you want to give me your first positive take? And this one's about Luke Voigt. Okay, so my first positive take about Luke Voigt. Remember, this is positive. I have Luke Voigt plays so well over the 60-game season that he puts himself in the conversation for the top, a top five first baseman in all of baseball. And wow. I'm actually relatively confident about this because when you look at Luke Voigt in his tenure as a Yankee, which at this point – He's played a total of 157 games combined between 2018 and 2019. And I have a little bit of a stat for you that may surprise you. Maybe not you, but maybe the fans at home. Luke Voigt in 157 games with the Yankees. Here's his slash line. He's hit 280, 384 on base percentage. Just to let you know, Pete Alonso's on base last year was 358. Home runs, 35. So put that over a full season, bro. That's a really solid season out of a first baseman. And also, too, remember – Luke Voigt, last year, he had that hernia issue, right? The doctor literally said it, like, tore apart his inside. He, insides, he could hardly play. And if Before, anybody's going to keep playing through something like that, it's going to be Luke Voigt. So he tried to do it, and it didn't work out in his favor. Voigt is a fucking tank. Not to mention he's in terrific shape. Have you seen what Luke Voigt looks like this year, bro? He, he looks he 30 pounds, right? Yeah, bro, or 15, something like that. But he looks fantastic. Um, last year, 
through June. Remember, when Judge and Stanton were both out, Luke Voigt, he and Gary Sanchez, Luke Voigt played a significant role in carrying the Yankees' offense through June last year. What Voigt was hitting was 280, 393 on base percentage, 509 slugging with 17 home runs. His weighted runs created plus, remember, league average weighted runs created plus is 100. So whatever you are above that shows how much better you were offensively than a league average player. Yeah. Voigt had a 140 weighted runs created plus, showing he was 40% better than a league average offensive player. And back to the whole 157 games total he's played, his weighted runs created plus with the Yankees is 141. I'm not bashing Pete Alonzo whatsoever. I'm just showing how good Alonzo is and, and how good Luke Voigt is. Alonzo is 143. So offensive value that they provided, very, very similar. Yeah, through the first couple months of the season when everybody was getting hurt except for Luke Voigt, they put him in the number two hole in the lineup. And yep. you know damn well that nowadays your best all-around hitter gets slotted in that two hole. Times are changing. And Luke Voigt, you could have made the argument that he was the offensive MVP. It would have been debatable. A lot of people are going to say DJ, obviously. But yeah, there was at a few that guys. time, I mean, it was close. DJ, DJ Gary, uh, Voigt, Glaber, they were all, you know, they played a huge role. But, yeah, I mean – it's honestly not even just me looking to have a positive take. Like, I actually feel that way even before yeah. we were coming up with these notes for the show. As much as I love Mike Ford, there's still people clamoring for him to get the first base job. And, like, he's good. He would be the starting first baseman on a lot of MLB teams. Yeah. But you can't just give him that job right now. It's Luke Voigt's job to lose. My first positive, and I'm going to kind of shock people a little bit. And I'm going to go ahead and say Jordan Montgomery – is going to lead the New York Yankees in ERA this season. Lead Yankees starters in ERA, because you already know Otto and Britton and those guys are going to have like a 1-9. I'm going to say Jordan Montgomery leads the team in ERA, has something like a 2-9. Just shocks everybody, because he's going to get a hot 12 starts, whatever it may be. He's going to stay healthy throughout. He's been good in the past. The dude had some really good seasons before he got hurt. His Rookie season 2017 made 29 starts and had a 3.88 ERA. Came back in 2018, was another guy just like Luke Voigt. It's like, can he do it again? He only made six starts, 27 innings, 3.62 ERA. So the guy was really good in the only two seasons he was actually active for. He's a big, big lefty. He's intimidating the hitters. He's 6'6, 225. The dude's got it all. He's ready to go. He's not a huge strikeout guy, but sometimes when you're that big and you have a looping curveball like he does, you can just kind of intimidate hitters. And he's proven that he could do it in the past. So I think he shocks us. And that's not to say that everybody else is going to do bad. I just think Jordan Montgomery's got something to prove and he's going to do it. I don't think he's going to lead the Yankees in ERA simply because Garrett Cole exists. Don't quote me on this, but I think in 2017, didn't he have like the highest release angle? out of any pitcher or something like have, that, bro. which is huge, or whatever the word is. But, yeah, I mean, I'm high on Montgomery. I think he's going to be a great, what, fourth starter for the Yankees. I don't see yeah, him four, five. In, in the ERA, but, I mean, I definitely am banking on he, We need him. There's a lot of guys that we need to show yeah. up. Jay Happ gonna, being one of him, and I'm going to get into him a little bit later. The thing with a player like that is over 12 starts, they can get hot. Now, I said 2-9 ERA. If it was a full season where he makes 30 starts, at some point he's going to have some clunkers. And it's going to be like his ERA would come back to like 3-8. But mm -hmm. you can get hot for 12 starts. Like imagine if Domingo Herman's last season ended after 12 starts. He might have won the same conversation. Yep. Yeah. Here's a fun fact for you. Jordan Montgomery was the leading vote getter among pitchers for American League Rookie of the Year. There you go. Yep. I want to ask this, though. So what do you think Garrett Cole's ERA is going to be? His over-under is probably going to be like a 3-1. 
Like that's where his coin flip line is going to be. I say he goes. Have him at a three point two four, but they okay three point two four. So I was close. Yeah. Um, because they try to be very realistic and like Fact, a yeah. one ERA is damn good. Mm-hmm. So Facts. I think he's gonna have like a three two four. Okay. That's I think good. he's gonna have some insane starts, dude. Like complete game shutouts in like big moments. But I think yeah. he's gonna come out on a random Saturday afternoon against like the Braves or yeah, something some like random that. Shit. And just and get absolutely clobbered one game. And we're going to be so worried, but, like, we shouldn't be. The part of this show that people aren't going to like, it's the negative takes. Guys, we promise you we love this team. We wow. hope this stuff doesn't happen. But it might. Somebody that we are expecting to have a great season is not going to have a good season. Mm-hmm. Whether it's because of an injury or they just regress. And I think I just gave you a nice little segue, Dan, because I know that your player – is Gio Urshela. And when you say negative take next to Gio Urshela, I can only imagine that you're going to say he's going to go back to who he was before last season. We've always known he's been great with the glove. Offensively, though, his highest weighted, weighted runs created plus he's had in his career was 67. Remember, like I said before, 100 is league average. So what's the math on that? 33% below league average offensively. That was his best offensive season to date. And like you said, not everything's going to go right. Something has to go wrong. And it works out because we have so much depth that if Gio Urshela does struggle or does get injured or whoever, we can replace them. So yeah, my negative take is that Gio Urshela is going to regress from his 2019 season. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to have a 67 weighted runs greater plus or he's not going to be good at all. But it's hard for me to imagine that he's going to live up to the slash line of what last year? Uh, I don't even have it up here, but I think he hit, what, like three? He batted 314. Or 314, yeah. Slugged like 530, hit over 20 home runs. His weighted runs greater plus was 132. It's yeah. hard for me to imagine he's going to be that good. It's very hard for me to imagine. Dude, 889 OPS plus, that's yeah, I mean, like a notch below an A-Rod season. <laughs> bro, to, to put it into perspective, I mean, DJ LeMahieu, we all know how good his season was last year. His weighted runs created plus was 136. Urshela's was 132. He Gio's was, war was 3-9, dude. People yeah. love Andujar so much. That's double Andujar's rookie season. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, if – Gio Urshela can even come close to what he did offensively last year. Like, there's not even – there shouldn't even be a conversation about who the third baseman is right now because I don't want to see Andujar anywhere near third base. I'd rather, I'd rather see him in left. Right now. He, he can be a DH. Um, but, yeah, for Urshela, I'm not saying he's going to have, like, a really below league average offensive season, but maybe maybe right around league average offensively, which honestly isn't going to be too bad. I'm not saying he's going to lose his starting spot because, once again, if he holds the, the fourth down at third base like he did last year and it's just league average or a little bit better – that's still solid. It's the same it. way. It's the same thing we just said about Luke Voigt and Mike Ford. That job is Luke Voigt's to lose. Mm-hmm. And honestly, at this point, Mike Ford's nowhere close to him. Third base battle is even further spread. Oh, yeah. I don't, that is not even the Rochelle's spot to lose. Andujar isn't even sniffing the position right now. You didn't even tell me what you think he's going to regress to. What are we thinking? 760. Upper upper 700s. I'm not sure he's going to touch an 800 oh, OPS. Bro. He could though. He could. I mean, I'm not day of the week though. That's not even losing him the job. Well, that's what I was saying before. Is is that if he can just be league average offensively, which if you look at like just the baseline of OPS itself, league average is 758. So I said about 760 to upper 700. So I'm saying he's not going to be what he was last year, but he may still be like a league average offensive player. I'm saying yeah. that might be like not best case scenario, but like. That'd be real positive if he I, does that. I'm saying I wouldn't be surprised though if he is below league average. But I we thought you were gonna get. I thought you were gonna get real ugly on me. So I actually, believe it or not, worked in Ohio at a school called Ashland University in their athletic department when Gio Urshela was like the Indians' 
third baseman that they just stuck out there for defense. And I hated when the Yankees played against him because he always made these insane plays. But yeah. the dude was an automatic out. He was starting in the playoffs for those Indians teams that were really good. He yep. was on the Indians teams that made it to the World Series. Yeah, I remember facing him in uh, the ALDS in twenty. Okay, look, he wasn't on that Indians team that lost to the Cubs in the he World was, Series. But he, he was, was on the uh, ALDS team that we beat. Yeah, yep. So I was in Ohio when all that was going on. Dude, his rookie season, 2015, he played 81 games for the Indians. His OPS was a 608, dude. That's the thing. We're not talking about a player that, like, oh, before his breakout year, he was having, like, maybe, like, a, a 90-weighted run screen plus, was, like, about, like, 750, 760 OPS. I like, hate talking about the damn juice balls and stuff because I don't even know how much I'm no, buying it and whatnot. Like, the other thing that goes into it is, okay, so the balls are juiced, like, you know, scientists have studied it and confirmed it and all that stuff. But also tell me why if the balls are juiced and the home runs are up, batting averages are down so much lower. I just feel like it's the way these players are being taught and the way these players are swinging these days. What Wouldn't if the balls were juiced and that had everything to do with anything, wouldn't batting averages still be up? Why are batting averages so much lower than they always were? Well, I think it's a philosophy change in the game, like you said, along with the juice balls, like, People are going for the home run more now than they did, obviously, even five years ago. I love it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a boomer. Yeah. I'm not mad but about it. But also, too, I wouldn't look at batting average for that. If you look at, like, the hard hit rate and, like, the barrel percentage, like, people are hitting the balls. Players are hitting the balls harder than they ever have before. Now, contact rate is less. But once again, that's just the way the game's going. And, and right. Contact rate is less. So what does that have to do with, like, juice balls, you know? That's the thing. It doesn't have anything to do with it because it's one. It's two things. It's a change of philosophy in the game. People want right to hit home up. And and yeah, for sure, because people are swinging for the fences. With Arcella, though, I mean, his hard hit rate last year, like all his peripheral stats, do line up with how good he was. Like it shows he was hitting the ball very hard. His expected batting average, expected weighted runs created plus, they all match up with what he actually did. It's just one. We don't even know if they're going to have juice balls this year or not, though. So I mean, that could be a big factor yeah. right there. Maybe they take them away. But if I have to have a negative take, just to conclude this all, Gio Urshela will regress in some form, whether it's significantly or just minorly. I think he will regress in some way. All right. So you took the safe route. Okay. I did. Nobody's going to kill you for that. All right. A lot of people are on that same wave. People are going to murder me for this, dude. Probably Absolutely murder me. There's one Yankee. There's a few Yankees whose contracts are up at the end of the season. I think Tanaka's one. James Paxton's one. This next guy, I got I to gotta put on a hat for this. I, I'm not wearing any Yankees gear. Uh, this is my Yankees gear. Just because I want oh, you guys to know. Oh, you're griffing it. Backwards hat. Yeah, backwards hat. I don't wear this thing forward. I am a fan. Okay, I promise I'm a fan. I don't want this to happen. This guy's contract is over the end of the season. DJ LeMayhew. My hot take, I'm getting right to it, and then I'll explain myself. I'm going to say the dude doesn't bat – over 275 this season and the Yankees don't re-sign him that is a hot take bro can I ask real quick and then I'll let you move on go what do you have his OPS at because I know we were talking about that with our show well, if his wanna... average is 275 and DJ doesn't really hit all that much for power now 26 bombs last year is pretty damn good but you figure those go down drastically if he's only batting 275 I'm gonna say his OPS is in the upper 700s. Now, last year's OPS was an 893, which was barely even higher than Geo's. His career OPS is 776. 
Mind you, he played the majority, now the vast majority. This dude played seven years in Colorado. Even when his OPS in Colorado was 783, his OPS plus was a 93 because in Colorado, they ballpark factor it in. And the Colorado average OPS is higher than every other OPS in the league. So when you have even an 800 OPS in Colorado, your OPS plus is still below league average. DJ's OPS for his career, OPS plus for his career is 98. It's below league average. Dude, what happened last year? I did not expect that to happen at all, bro. Not even a little bit. I thought he was just going to be another one of them stopgap second basemen that we've been rolling with for the last, like, 10 years after Cano, the Brian Roberts, the Steven Drews, the Neil Walkers. Bro, yeah. there were so many of them. Dustin Ackley's, remember that guy? Yeah. I thought he was going to be one of those. Now, again, I hope this does not happen. That guy came to bat last year. You expect him to get on every single time. The dude was an absolute stud. I think it could happen again. But if you look at his numbers in the past, he could regress. Mind you, we've been off for a little while. DJ was one of the COVID-positive players, so he had to take the couple weeks off before the season started. It's only a 60-game season, so he doesn't really have that much time to get back into it. He's a machine, so I'm sure he was working out hard, but it's not the same as facing live pitching. And you watch those inter-squad games. The bats were quiet at the beginning. Nobody was hitting, bro. Judge yeah. wasn't, didn't hit a home run. Stan didn't hit a home run. Sanchez, nope. Dude, the one game, the two teams had one hit through, like, five innings. And it was against some of our trash pitchers. So it's going to take DJ a little while to get back into it, and the season's not long enough for that to happen. Again, he just turned 32 six days ago. He's kind of old. Yeah. Like, real quick. After this season, he's asking for too much money. I don't even care if he does really well again. He's going to have to replicate last season for the Yankees to give him, like, a four-year, $80 million contract. Because even if he does, like, a little less than last season, bro, he's 32 years old, dude. Like, you can't pay him that much money. I feel like there's so much I have to say about this. One – um, give me the strengths, bro. I expect, well, no, I'm not even – because I expect I think, everybody to be pissed. And, like, I don't I think hope, you're honestly – I hope like, I get old takes exposed for this. I don't think you're, like, too off track. Because same with Urshela, like, you have to expect him to regress – a little bit, but there's a difference between the conversation about Urshela regressing and DJ regressing. Remember how we talked about with Urshela? Prior to 2019, there was not even the slightest smidge of offensive success from him, like really bad offensive production. Now, you look at DJ, the prior two years, like he had like a below like 90 weighted runs created plus with Colorado. But yeah. also, if you look back at 20, what, 16? I'll, I'll pull up the stats. He hit 348. His weighted runs created plus, I believe, was over 130. So he has had this kind of success before. And just like OPS plus, weighted runs created plus uh, has park factor as well. So he has had offensive success in the past. And bringing up like the baseball savant percentile rankings, DJ hit the ball very, very hard last year, which shows yeah. for the most part. That's another thing. Did he get even better last year leaving Colorado because of these balls that people are saying? We already talked about it. I don't want to talk about that too much because it's kind of annoying. Yeah, I mean, you always got to factor that in for sure. And also let's factor in the Yankees, at least in the past couple of years, it seems they're just gurus when it comes to offense. Like they know how to – like with Luke Voigt, you can say the same thing about Urshela and even LeMahieu. They just turn players into even better offensive players. But with LeMahieu, I'm not expecting him to have the exact same season last, that he had last year. I'm not expecting him to be an MVP candidate. But, I mean, if he can, like, come close to that, I think it's a guarantee yeah. he gets resigned. Dude, give me, like, an 820 OPS, and I'm happy. Yeah. No, and I know uh, Zip's projections has him at about, like, a 107 weighted runs created plus. If he can be around, like, 
yeah, like the 110 to 115 area, 15% better than a league average offensive player. I honestly think it's a guarantee that he gets resigned. I just 275. Okay. I mean, I don't like to go okay, off batting so average. He has the 107 much. weighted run created plus. What's his contract? If he has a 107 weighted runs created plus, and we know he's going to do good in the field. That was never my worry. Yeah, which that adds value as well because he can play all all over the place. Oh, he's a he's what's a his beast. contract? I mean, shit, what's he getting right now? He's on a two year, twenty four million dollar deal. One hundred seven, maybe three years, three to four years at like fifteen to eighteen mil a year. Okay, that's to be fair. honest. Because he, but I'm also older. I'm not a GM. I mean, like that's just me. And he's kind of older. I feel bad I mean, you figure if he's like twenty eight, if he's like twenty eight, he's getting like seven years, one fifty. But like, yeah, but DJ, I don't see him being the type of player that you you have to worry about because of his age that he's going to regress. Is he a contact hitter? I mean, yeah, because if you look sure. at the way he hits the ball and look at the way he goes about his game, I I think he's going to be the same player through at least like 35, 36. I'm not saying I know, but for me to say yeah, – but if he's 27, he's going to hit like, like 275. Contract. I think that's – well, when you say he's going to hit 275, what do you think his OPS would be? It's hard for me to operate off batting. Yeah, average. Yeah, I, I mean, I said like offer 700s. Okay, so – this thing drops like 100 points. Too, the average like, drops 50 points. His OPS drops 100. Not necessarily. I mean, yeah, that's that's plausible. But, like, who knows? Maybe he hits, like, 275, 280, but his on base stays around 360, 370. Hits he doesn't that much, though. No, he doesn't. No, definitely not. He hit, like, 327 last year. His on Only base 46 walks. He had it, Dude, he batted 327, and his on-base percentage was 375. Wasn't well, he? also remember, too, when you hit for such a high average, it's tougher to have such a differential in on-base percentage because that's less opportunities to walk. Right. I just I disagree that he's gonna hit 275. I'm I'm on like I agree with you that he probably will regress. You would figure he would. We gotta disagree on some things. Yeah, hell yeah. And like I hope I'm wrong. All right. Me too. I'm not Me gonna too. say anything else about that because when that doesn't happen, I'm just gonna get dragged through the mud. Uh, you know what? Let me take my hat. You'll back probably off. get dragged just as, you know to warn you. That's you'll probably get thing. dragged through the just, mud right now. That's gonna be my thing. Whenever I'm about to say something, I'll put the hat on. Whenever I'm about to say something crazy, I'll put the hat on just to remind people that I am actually a fan. I'm gonna go first for the over under stat predictions. Dan, okay. I'm gonna give you my over under. I'm gonna have you answer first. Okay. This one's kind of fun. I'm gonna go Chad Green. Over under five and a half starts on the mound this season. That one probably caught you a little off guard because it's sort of random, but it does have a lot to do with how things are going for the rest of the team. I'll lead you in. Last year, he made 54 appearances. He made 15 starts. So that means he made like half the amount of starts that a starting pitcher normally would if you go through the rotation all season. So that means half the year, Chad Green was in the starting rotation. So you, okay. figure, you figure if somebody's in the rotation all year through 60 games, five guys, they make 12 starts. So I'm saying, is Chad Green a starter for half the season? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say under. I'm under the five and a half. It's tough, though, because that really depends on injuries because, like, where it lines yeah. up right now. Well, we got one. Right really now. not – yeah, for sure. But also, too, I mean, I feel like we have a little more MLB-ready starting pitching depth. I mean, like, Clark Schmidt wasn't really a factor last year. Mike yep. King wasn't really a factor last year. So, I mean, we have those two guys. Also have Jonathan Loisega. I think Green will definitely open a couple times. I'm going to say under five and a half. It worked well I mean, last year, too, dude. It did. No, it did. Pretty sure. sure. I mean, but that's just – like his first Green's just really starts. good. So, Green's really good, especially when he came back with minors last year. So I would figure it would go well. And I think if they do it frequently this year, it'll go well too. But I mean, 
I don't know. It's tough. I mean, I guess I should expect an injury to happen. But I'm going to go with the under on that. I guess you have – do you have the over? I guess. I'm going to say slightly over. I'll say he legit makes six starts because I think for at least half the year, somebody's going to be missing from the rotation. Also, it's a very accelerated season, and I think they're going to want to not tire guys out. So they might even, like, expand the rotation a little bit. Or even, like, let's say we're through the rotation. It's, like, early September, and we're playing the – Braves, this is just off the top of my head. I don't even know if this is how the schedule actually works out. Braves Sunday, and then we play the Rays Monday. If it's Garrett Cole's start Sunday, you don't want him to face the Braves. You want him to face the Rays because facing the Rays is a lot more important for us than facing the Braves. We need the Rays to lose games this year. We don't care if the Braves win or lose. We just need to worry about ourselves in those games. So I think maybe if it's Garrett Cole's turn that Sunday, you instead slot Chad Green in. And then you have Clark Schmidt as the bolt guy in the middle or Luis Sessa, I think, did that a lot last year. And Nestor Cortez. But let me ask you, though, because why not just have Clark Schmidt start that game? Then? If we're going to have him go bolt. And another thing, too, you got to think about. I'm going to get more into Clark Schmidt later, so I'm not going to get too in-depth about it. Okay. Um, the one area that we actually were pretty – like, we kind of lucked out in last year injury-wise was our bullpen. Dellen Batantis aside, our bullpen, for the most part, didn't get too injured last year. So we had the ability to use Chad Green as an opener. This year, for example, yeah, an injury could happen to the starting rotation. It probably will. The same thing could happen to our bullpen. We already have Chapman out to start the season, so our bullpen depth is already shortened. We need Chad Green, at least at this point right now. Chappie will be back thick. soon, though. Yeah, no, for sure. But, I mean, another guy can get it, or another guy can, I don't know, yeah. sprain his ACL, whatever the hell it is. We're going to need Chad Green to be probably that six to seven inning guy, at least to start out. So you think in that first time through the rotation, Clark Schmidt just gets a start? I would not be surprised at all, no. I mean, you also got to think, too, the way the off days work out is we benefit from it because we can just skip a spot in the rotation, which the Yankees are probably going to do. So we'll probably just need a four-man rotation for the first week or two. But, I mean, I don't know. I think why not just go with Clark Schmidt? And like I said, we have more depth in the starting rotation this year where you could just go with either guys like, yeah, Schmidt, King, Loisega. I just don't know. see them plugging a rookie in there hoping he'll go starter length. I think they would rather just give Chad Green the open and then give Clark like on the surface that might be the case. Fifth, second, third, fourth, fifth, and then just start last year's thing. Canely, Otto, Britton, Chapman, or you know I'm not I'm not even saying you're wrong, but on the surface, like that very well could be the case where you'd want to say, Okay, let's start green. We don't want to have a you know a rookie go out there and try to give us five, six innings or even four to five, whatever it is. But yeah. when you look at what Clark Schmidt has done and how good he's looked, and not even just him, Mike King. I mean, Mike King looked really oh, good. Oh, Mike King's a dog. He bro. went, what, four, four innings last night? He looked great. good. But he looks like a major league pitcher. And I put this hot take out the other day. I think Mike King is going to have more success as a Yankee than Debbie Garcia, who that's another guy right there. I mean, you got to factor him in as well. I see him, and I think most people do, more out of the bullpen. So, I mean, I don't know. I would say under five and a half, but he'll definitely get at least – at least three or four. Like, if I'm going with the under, I'm saying just by a smidge with Green. Cool. Like, I think I'm we'll taking the over by a smidge. So, you do think Chad Green's going to get some starts then? Oh, oh, for sure. I think we'll have to. Yeah. So, I, and I want to compliment you on that benchmark. I think that's a pretty solid line, five and a half. We're going to send it to you now with your first over-under. And I know who you're picking, but I don't know what the over-under is. You're going to catch me by surprise here. I wanted to go with this player for one of my over-unders, but you said you had a better one. So, let's see what you got. I think it's a better one, and I don't want to be too outlandish with it, but I think it's kind of realistic. So I'm going to give you the over-under first, and then you're going to respond whether or not it's over-under for you. Okay, okay, so Garrett Cole, over-under, eight and a half starts with two earned runs or less. That's fun. 
What do you think about that? Okay, so if all goes as planned, and not even in a perfect world, this should happen. He should make 12 starts. Correct. You're telling me, you're asking me if nine of them are going to be over two or, runs. Uh, two yeah, or runs under. or less. Yes. Okay, so last season he made an awful lot of starts, 33 of them, and he mm-hmm. had – Oh my goodness, this guy is a monster. So good, bro. Every time you look at his stats, if you're like, holy fuck, this guy's a Yankee. Like his last six starts of last season, every single September start, he didn't give up more than two earned runs. Yeah. One, two, so six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. So the way I the way the way that I like what I put into this was I was thinking like you assume if he's making twelve starts, most of it or most of his starts, he's gonna be very dominant. The Garrett Cole, you know. We'll probably have a few, a few clunkers here and there. Last so. season, of his 33 starts, 20, 26 of them, he had two earned runs or less. Jesus so in 78.7% of his starts, he had two earned runs or less. So that's a perfect line because nine of 12 is 75%. Word. I didn't do any math with this. I just kind of – it was off the top. So I word. mean, when you watch these damn guys throw a white ball around the field enough, you start to just have an English yeah, kind of stuff. It, yeah. Over. <laughs> yeah. I'm, whenever I'm with my boys and I'm, they're making fun of me because I work too much, I'm like, all right, guys, I'm about to get out of here. We'll be like mid-beer. I'll be like, all right, I'm going to go home, watch some guys throw a white ball around the field. I'm going to say that was a great line, and I'm going to say over. He has nine starts this season with over two – with two earned runs or less. Well, damn it, Kyle, we agree because I'm going with the over two. I think it's kind of – especially when you look at the math, if what you just said uh, is true, he had about nine – it would be translated over a 60-game season, he'd have about nine and a half starts, two earned runs or less. So, I mean, stats show he's probably going to do it. And I'd expect him to do that. You expect a couple of clunkers. You know, he'll have yeah. a game where he gives up four or five runs. Mm-hmm. But I think for the most part, 75 80% of the time, he's going to be he's going to be the Garrett Cole we know. Yeah, I think he's going to come out – sure like a Friday runs. night game against the Braves – and he's going to let up, like, seven runs in, like, four innings. It's going to kind of throw it, like – Are you a Braves fan, bro? You've been bringing up the Braves quite a lot today. Dude, That's I brought up the Braves team. before we were recording, dude. I'm just reating the same That's exact your conversation. Is that your National League team, y'all? You're one of those um, that has nah, two teams? Nah, but here's a shout-out to the Mansplain Baseball Pod. Those are my girls, bro. They're cool as hell. They're some of my good friends oh, really? on social media. And oh. they really like the Braves. And every time I want to make fun of them – I run into a wall because I'm like, damn, dude, I just like their roster. Kyle's much more of like an overall baseball fan than I am. Like, uh, like this is like I'm Yankees. Like that's basically well, I've I been follow- kind of forced to. I used to be well-rounded every single sport, and if any baseball was the one sport, I was just about my favorite team. You see, I'm a Packers fan, but like I love all NFL. I love all NBA. Got into NHL yeah. for a little bit, but it wasn't really big where I was growing up, so not really. Yeah. With baseball, I've kind of been forced to get more into it because of uh, these guys. Yeah, I mean. When you get yeah. a salary to do so, it's probably <laughs> exactly so, and it's been fun as hell. I love every second of it. Yeah. So a lot of my attention's been baseball wide, as opposed to just Yankees now. Yeah. Anyway, we'll shift it over to my over under. I feel like that's okay. enough, Garrett Cole. We know how good he is. Yeah. And I'm gonna go with Clint Frazier. Okay. This is a guy that everybody seems to be all of the sudden falling in love with. Last year. There was a time where a lot of us hated him, and rightfully so. Dude couldn't play the field. He was bad in the locker room. He was bitching about literally everything under the sun. He's a little bit of an oddball. But I'd chill with Clint. He mm-hmm. seems awesome. Can He's I say something around. really quick before you make your point? Yeah. I think 
the media shit with Clint Frazier and like the overall perception, like that's just been overblown hella. Like I kind of feel bad for him. Bit. Like he's a diva in some areas, bro. Like there's a lot a of bit. things you can point at and be frustrated with. Me, me included, bro. Like I, there was. I wasn't a huge fan of Clint for a little while, but like a lot of the shit was so overblown. You got to feel bad for him, bro. It's like the second he got in New York, it's like people were like looking to out him in some way. Like starting with like the bogus story how he wanted Mickey Mantle's number. You look at the hair which was, since he came to the Yankees, always above the neck, which is the rule. He always had hair similar to what Garrett Cole has right now. I mean, and people were bashing him for it. So I just wanted to put that out there that, like, I feel like people give Clint way too hard of a time prior to this year. Because, like you said, people dig him now, I feel like, me included. But go on. There was the one interview that I really disliked, and then I'm going to go right into my over-under. You don't got to make a comment. And it was the one when the Yankees acquired Edwin Encarnacion. Yep. And he was like, I – could have saw myself getting sent down to AAA because of Stan or Judge, but I didn't think it was going to happen because of Edwin. And just shut up, bro. It was a crybaby interview. Yeah. Like, just, that's the kind of shit that when I say, like, there is some shit that's justified. That was a crybaby interview. He looked yeah. like a depressed, like, girl. Gotta in the shut up, brother. Yeah, for real. So, anyway, I'm going to spring this on you. I don't really have a super good number in my head. This might be low in the minds of some people, but I think this is a good one. Okay. I'm all ears. Over, under, 20 and a half games started for Clint Frazier. I might that's even – That's tough. That's a good line. I like yeah, that line. No, it sounded line. better when it's I said it. It's a tough line to make, too. Um, am I going first? Like, I can – Yep. Go on. Okay, so the first thing that's tough about that is that Clint Frazier, one, you feel bad for him because a couple months ago, he was probably going to be in the opening day lineup. Now – He's not only like an injury away from starting, he's a couple injuries away because if you look at the depth chart in terms of, I always combine outfield and DH when it comes to the Yankees because that's kind of how the depth chart works. We kind of combine our outfielders in the DH spot. Yeah. It's a couple injuries because the guys that are ahead of him right now, at least in my opinion, you have one, Brett Gardner may not even be in the starting lineup right now. So you have Gardner, Talkman, and then Miguel and Duhar as well, which, you know, if it's up to me, who do I want to see in terms of their bat in the lineup? I'm going in Duhar over Clint which is nothing against Clint. I say this all the time. He'd be starting on many MLB teams right now and would be for the last couple of years. Over, under, what was the line? 20 and a half? 20 and a half games started. He could even be the DH. <sighs> Fuck it. I'll go with over. Slightly, though. Like, I'm saying, like, maybe 21 games started. So you and like I, that line? I'll go, yeah. No, that's a solid line for sure. And like I said, that's a tough line to make because we don't really know. You got to bank other on day, Jake You always Story- have to bank on injuries for that. The other day, Jake Storiali, who we all love. I'm a bigger yeah. fan of Jake than I myself. Tweeted, it gets overlooked that the Yankees have six starting outfielders. Pretty nice because Judge tweeted that picture of Clint like shooting the ball into the bucket. Yep. And it's him, Gardy, Stanton, Talkman, and Hicks. When I said him, I meant Judge. So there's six <laughs> guys that would start on any team. I didn't even name one. Andrew one more Mark. player, too. One more player that you can put ahead of the depth chart. Like I said, I combine outfield and DH because that's where the at-bats would come from for Clint. Mike Ford as well, bro. There's a good oh, chance yeah. to get DH bats as well. So, I mean, you could argue mostly for the fact that he's left-handed. Like, that gives him, a, like, a much higher edge to be, you know, get starting time. So, like, he could be ahead of Clint in the DH. Right. Uh, we said we were recording this right after the first Mets exhibition game. Clint obviously had the big blow last night with the two-run bomb into the second deck. If he keeps that up, he will start more than 20 and a half games. I don't want – can I, I have to walk mine back a little bit, bro? I may have to go under. I don't know. It's perfect, bro. Props to you because that's a fucking good-ass line, 20 and a half. It's like I feel bad for him, so I don't want to say under, but like I actually may have to go under. Maybe, maybe 18, under, 19. Bro. Under, dude. And it's going to be like – he's going to start like 17 games, dude. 
And he's even going to get some playoff at-bats. He's not going to get any playoff at-bats. If everybody's, if everybody's like, if we're mostly healthy, he's not going to get any playoff at-bats. It's so tough, dude. It's so tough. Because you don't want to assume somebody's going to get hurt. But he also needs, like, three guys to get hurt. That's the thing, bro. Like, if, if it was just, like, he's an injury away, oh, then, bro, easy shit. He's over 20 and a half games. But, like, you got to think two to three guys probably got to get hurt for him to get starting time. I mean, there'll be some platoon can break, that, well, That's where he'll get his 15 to, like, 18 whatever games played. Like, over 20. It's tough for me to say over, actually. I'm going to go just under. Final answer, just under. I think he'll play, like, 17, 18, 19 games. I'm going under. I'm saying he's going to – no, he's going to play more. But he's going to start in, like, 17. Sure, yeah. And my hot take involved in that is that he gets at least one playoff at match. Also, there are trades this season. He's so, like, let's say somebody doesn't want Clint Frazier again, trade him somebody else. And then he's we get traded. I'm not saying it's going to be this year because I don't even know. But I think it, they, I, don't, I don't see – there's just no way when you look at the Yankees' outfield depth and all the players they have, like, there's no way Clint Frazier, I feel like, sees a starting job for 162 games. And, I mean – Maybe this offseason he gets dealt. I don't know if it's going to be this uh, this uh, deadline, which is what, August 31st, right? Yeah. That's crazy, bro. Like, it's so close, too. Everything. Like, we're here, bro. It's going to be such a sprint, bro. It's going to be such a nice change of pace. Dude. Yeah, facts. I know bro, what your next over-under is. I don't know where you set the number at. I feel like you might get a little out of control with this one. I actually try to be pretty realistic with this. And the Go main ahead. reason with that is, is that the over-under, the reason I said it at what I said it at, is that because it mostly comes down to health. Like, I think if the guys are both healthy, these two, which, by the way, it's going to be Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton combined home runs. I'll give you the number in just a second. It really comes down to if they're both healthy for the entire season, I think they not only will be above this, I think they may blow past it. But the over-under, I have them set out for a 60-game season combined home runs for Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton over-under 29.5 home runs, which would be, if over, 15 home runs each. Love that line. Love that line. I thought you were going to come with something crazy like 38. So, I got a lot on this home runs thing. Now, obviously, Trevor Plouffe, Talking Baseball, those are my guys. I work for them. Literal bosses. So, in the last 10 seasons, there have been 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 guys that have hit 20 more home runs in their team's first 60 games of the season. A lot of them recent. Christian Yelich hit 22 last season. Cody Bellinger hit 20 last season. Judge, our guy, hit 21 in 2017. Like you said, they have to be healthy. I'm going to be an optimistic Yankee fan. I'm going to say Giancarlo hits like 18 and Judge hits like 15. Yeah. And they're both relatively healthy. They miss like a handful of games each. 33 home runs combined. Comfortably. They – is that a word, comfortably? Yeah. I mean, I'm not the person to ask, bro. Comfortably. 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 There you go. Comfortably. Yeah. They comfortably hit the over. The two of them hit the over. That's probably the most cookie-cutter, like, take and line that we've had yet, but that's the fun one. Everybody's talking about that. Yeah. I mean, I hate to agree with you so much, but I'm going to have to on this one. I think they are going to be they are gonna be over 29 and a half, and kind of like what you said, it doesn't necessarily have to be – I mean, obviously, it doesn't have to be 15 and 15 each, like – Judge, I'm going to go like the reverse you. I think Judge will have, I don't know, 17, 18. And then Stan, he would just need to have like 12 or 13, you know. And also, too, I'm not sure if I mentioned this, but if the average for that would obviously be 15 home runs each over 162-game season, that would be 40 home runs each over 162 games, which we know if they're healthy, they would easily cross. 
they just need like they need a good hot streak each, which is what every player needs to have a good season. Like you need a good stretch because that's what this that's what the season is. It's a good stretch of game or a short stretch of games. So I mean, I think as long as they can stay healthy, I think they're gonna may even blow past that twenty nine and a half homer mark if they're uh, both healthy. What would your what would your like comfortable like what would you be satisfied with games played for each like? I'm gonna get into that later. Okay, okay. That's a teaser. All right, you got it. Yeah. I'm gonna get into it later. Next thing we're gonna do here is we're gonna name a Yankee. We each get two guys to talk about, and for that Yankee, we're gonna say what's the best case scenario for that player and the worst case scenario for that player. I got some good ones, but I'm gonna let Dan go first. Okay, so um, I'm not sure if you know which player I'm going with, but if you don't, Miguel and Duhar. So I'll give you my best case. I'll give you my yeah. I'll give you my best case first. Because I'm a lot higher on Andujar now than I have been in previous years. I know everybody loves him. I've just liked him. Because there's a few areas in his game that I've been very critical of, and rightfully so. Doesn't get on base enough, and his defense, as we know, is brutal. But here's the best-case scenario for Miguel Andujar, at least in my opinion. Okay, so the roster configuration works out for him to where he plays 40 to 50 games. Essentially, basically a full season. He improves on his ability to get on base, which he just had a 3, like, 27 on base percentage in 2018 when he hit 297. So he does have to improve on that. Yeah. I have him improving there while maintaining the power we saw in 2018. And he wins. This might be a hot take, bro. He wins AL Comeback Player of the Year. Comeback Player of the Year, huh? Yeah. What do you think about that? That's bold, isn't it? That is bold. Because um, I don't know how well Shohei Otani did last year, but I know he wasn't pitching. Well, it's possible. See, that's where it works out for Andujar. I mean, like, 2018 – Really good, 130 weighted runs created plus. 2019, sh- shoulder surgery hardly plays. And, you know, the award voters are suckers for that shit when you come so, back and get surgery. So, if he does good, it's possible. All right, put on my Yankees hat. Because if I'm if I'm a hater on anybody, it's Andujar. I don't Bro, think I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I don't think he's as good as people think he is. He's super fun. He's great for the locker room. He's a unique player. But the dude swings at every pitch, bro. Keep he the bat on your shoulder sometimes, dude. Please. Oh. This man played in 149 games in 2018. He walked 25 times, dude. Mm-hmm. You know how bad that is? Yeah, and let me say something real quick. And I'm, you guys know I'm big on the whole – the difference between batting average and on-base percentage yeah. is, like, it's insane. This is why you should mostly focus on on-base. People see Andujar was a 297 hitter in 2019 – or 2018, rather. And they automatically assume, oh, he's a great hitter, which he's a really solid hitter. A 130 weighted runs created plus. You can't take that away from him. But his on-base percentage in 2018, I don't have it pulled up here. I think it was like 327 or something like that. That's not as much of a differential, is that the word, as you'd like to see from a guy who's hitting 297. So if he can just be a little more patient at the plate and prove his on-base percentage, not by a whole lot, but at least get it to maybe like in the 340 to 350 range, that would be terrific. Now, remember, this is my best-case scenario. This isn't really what I'm saying I think will happen but I think it is possible that he rebounds very nicely improves in some areas I don't want to see him anywhere near third base though I want him to be I rather have him in left field or DH well That's if he's anywhere problem. near third base that means something bad happened to Gio something way worse yeah, either, than your bad take yeah. and I don't even think not to get off topic but back to before I don't even think a Gio regression would have any play third base it'll have yeah. to be an injury yeah for yeah, sure yeah I'm with you especially with those numbers you gave yeah um, I, I'm worried about Andujar and it's another player I hope I'm wrong about in the intra-squad games and the exhibition games even already, he's looked fine. He's been great. He's been putting the bat on the ball. Obviously, we're not really paying attention to walks and that stuff right now. They weren't even doing walks in some of those first intra-squad games. That's going to be his two biggest things. If the Duke can walk more, 
AKA take more pitches. And if he can field better or not have to field at all for that matter, he becomes that much more valuable to the team. For sure. On base percentage, I'm happy for him to improve on that. His defense, I, that's a lost cause for me. Like, I don't even consider him a third baseman. No. I, I really don't. Like, he's, he's a quarter out that might be able to play left. He could play a corner outfield spot and be good. Another thing is, I know you love the expected stats. To my mm-hmm. knowledge, Andujar way exceeded his expected stats in 2018. He, he did exceed. It wasn't, like, insane, but he definitely he outperformed his expected stats, yeah. I don't think he's going to play in as many games as you said he was going to, 40 to 50. That's an awful lot. And he's Which certainly my best starting case at third. If the outfield is healthy, he's not starting there either. Yeah. Even the DH spot is Giancarlo's for now. Yep. So for sure. Which I'll I don't that into my worst. 40 to 50 games in there. I don't necessarily see that either. I'll, I'll leave that into my worst case scenario, which is this. Yankees roster stays surprisingly healthy. Giorgio is not a fluke. Andujar plays less than 25 games. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we already hit on that. And I think that's more likely than him doing well, unfortunately. I think he'll play well in the games he plays. It's just will they find him a spot, which honestly I think, to be be honest, what I've seen in the exhibition games, he's looked really, really good, at least in my opinion. Best case scenario, I'm going to do my best case and worst case right away. Best case scenario for Clark Schmidt is he does not make a start for the Yankees this season. Really? Worst case is he does. Reason being is because if he doesn't make a start this year, that means everything is going smooth for us. Injuries aren't happening. Chad Green's doing well with the opener thing. Clark Schmidt is – I'm not saying he's doing poorly. That's not why he doesn't get a start. He's working hard in that bulker role or – or for that matter, he's not even really in the rotation or the, he's not even the bulker at all. It could be somebody else. That means Sessa's doing good. That means the relievers look great. So I best disagree. case scenario is he doesn't start for the team this year. He does not make a start for the Yankees. That means everything else is going well that he doesn't need to. Worst case scenario is guys are getting hurt. Chad Green sucks. Sessa sucks. Tommy Canely isn't as good as he has been because we all know that's possible. And, and Clark Schmidt has to be in that rotation. I disagree, to be honest, because I don't think – I think – is it a bad thing if, say, Jay Happ, for example, he struggles, which is a player I'm going to get into in just I mean, a second. It's say, up to you. That's pretty no, – I wouldn't – I don't want that to happen. No, 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 but listen to this. Like, say Jay Happ struggles, which, yes, on the surface, that's not that great. But you're replacing him with possibly a pitcher that, from what we've seen, might be way more effective than a 37-year-old Jay Happ. So Clark Schmidt, who knows? I mean – I don't want to say who knows. I'm pretty confident that if he gets maybe if he gets more starts than Jay Happ does, the Yankees might be a better team. So I see where you're going with it. That like if Clint, if uh, Clark Schmidt makes a lot of starts, that means things aren't going well injury wise. But I don't know, and I think the Yankees may try to get him starts, and he'll at least make one or two. I think I don't that's my it. thing, and that's where we differ. That's where we're different because we talked about this earlier. You think the Yankees are going to try to get Clark Schmidt starts? I think it's going to be uh oh, this happened put the rookie out there well you know something is going to happen though and i think we would both agree that schmidt's the first in line as a replacement yeah who would you have all right injury happens to anybody in the rotation Question. who replaced i say clark schmidt from what opener dude. schmidt or schmidt or king chad green see this all goes back to what we were saying before right. i think you just go with one of the young starters because we have so much depth but you think they would go with an opener which is a fair point but I think from what we've seen from Schmidt, and it's not like he's some schmuck that's looked good. He's a first-round overall pick, or first-round pick. Oh, he's, he's great. 
and he's handled himself very well. He's the kind of guy you want in the clubhouse. And you, even if he's not going to pitch for them much this year, you know he's going to be a staple in that rotation for years to come, you would hope at least. So, I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing at all if he makes a start or two. I think he'll make way more than that. I think he may make four, five, six starts, to be honest. Okay, so best case scenario for Jay Happ is that he returns to 2018 form. I'm sure we all remember how good he was, at least in the regular season for the Yankees after they acquired him from the Blue Jays. He picks up where he left off in 2019. Remember, he had a 2.23 ERA in the final five starts. Happ looked good down the stretch for the Yankees, at least for that small period of time. Solid number four, makes 10 starts with a sub four ERA. That's my best case scenario. I think we can kind of agree on that. I don't think we'll, we'll think that Happ's going to be much better than that. A sub what ERA? Four? Sub four. Sub four. Oh. Sure. Yeah, that's best case scenario. Makes 10 starts, sub four ERA. Worst case, he's the J-half that we saw for the majority of last season, and that's what would kind of lead into what we were just talking about, where Schmidt or that another young pitcher takes so off. bad, dude. He was rough. Yeah, no, it was not good. Let's see. His ERA last year was a 4-9-1, and like you said, it was really dragged down by his ending. Even his beginning wasn't too bad. Surprisingly, the Yankees kept winning his starts. His, I know we don't give yeah. a shit about win-loss record, which yep. – so much sense to me but he was 12 and 8 there was like a streak where the yankees won like nine straight j hap starts i was yeah, actually bro i went to five or six games last year pretty sure j hap pitched in all but one of them and the yankees won every time oh really yeah so yeah he was hard to watch and he's not even fun to look at he's not even like an exciting player so like <laughs> yeah yeah for sure he's like the most average looking dude yeah i went to one of his starts last year and it was like down the stretch too when he was doing well it was against oakland the game mike ford hit the walk-off home run he pitched pretty all right that game yeah i remember correctly that was one of those five stars that he was pitching well i look at jay happen for some reason he looks like voldemort to me now no offense <laughs> to him, but i don't know just, i can't get that out of my head looking dude there's uh, not much else to really add. If J-Hap yeah. has a sub-4 ERA, we're pretty happy about that. If he has a 5 ERA, that means Clark Schmidt is definitely in the rotation. I'm big on Schmidt. I know you are too, but I think I'm, I'm more big on him this year than you are. Yeah, well, I just think he's good, but I don't think that now's the time to – You don't want to rush him. I understand, which is fair. I, mean, no, I would love – he would be fun. It would be entertaining if he came out for like the third, fourth, fifth inning of games. Like, it would give us something to, like, get excited about. Whereas last year, nobody wanted to see Chance Adams. We were pissed. Chance Adams sucked, bro. Even when he was putting up numbers in the minors, everybody knew he sucked. He was so bad. Him, his five Nestor, him and Nestor, bro, I never wanted to see them on my TV screen. And I always knew when Chad Green was out there, that meant that's who we were getting. Yeah. Now we have something to get excited about. See, I know what you're saying. You would you'd rather see Green open and then Schmidt follow him. That's basically your logic, right? Yes. Why not just have Schmidt start and then have Green follow? Yeah, but Green, the idea is that you give that reliever who has amazing stuff the first start because he faces the top of the order one time, and that means that Clark Schmidt doesn't have to face the top of the order in the beginning of the game. I know damn well I'm going to get a text message from Dan Rourke on, like, September 3rd when Clark Schmidt's jogging out there for his first start of the season. It's like now he's in the rotation through the playoffs. And his first start bro, will be in August. I don't know if that's a hot take, but that's my no, I mean, that's way more likely based off of everything you've been saying. I'm acting like it's not going to happen until later. But you know me, I don't think it's going to happen at all. So we'll see, bro. Now, now I'm really going to pull on your heartstrings because we're talking about your guy, Aaron Judge. Is this a worst-case scenario for you? Best, oh, this is best worst case. Yeah, yeah. I forgot what we were doing. I'm not going to save the worst case. I'm going to say best case scenario, Aaron Judge starts 50 games. Mm. Worst case scenario, starts less than 35. Now, there's really no way to get into this. 
I'm just telling you where I would be happy and where I'd be disappointed. Okay, I see what you're saying. needs to get his ass out there for 50 games this season, bro. If he plays less than 35, I'd be pissed. Unless he, like, breaks a tibia or something, dude. Like, you got to play, dude. None of this stiff neck, none of this cracked ribs. Let's forget the stiff neck. I think what you're basically saying is Aaron Judge needs to avoid 95-mile-an-hour fastballs to the wrists. He needs to avoid trying to make a play. Bro, I wasn't beat for that injury last year either. Say it again? I wasn't happy about that injury last season either. Oh, the oblique, I kind of get that. That's like the one injury he's had that bro. hasn't been a fluke. But, bro, what do you really – I mean, two of his three major injuries have been a bone injury. Like, the only thing he can do to prevent that is by drinking Are we talking milk. about the rib injury that kept him out for, like, all of – That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's dude. the same deal. Why wasn't he nursing that throughout all of the offseason? I mean, that's on the Yankees, too. We can agree on that, that the Yankees okay, – well, like, hopefully that doesn't injury. happen. And I'm going to be pissed if it does, dude. I'm going to be really mad at Judge. I No, I mean, I get it. And at this point, if he has another, like, injury-riddled season, it's okay. Or I could forgive someone for calling him injury-prone. But, I mean, even at this point when, like, two of the three major injuries that he's had have been, like, flukes. It's been bone injuries. And he's played through them. Think about this, bro. Last September when he broke his rib, diving for a ball, hurt his rib, refused to leave the game. And something that's overlooked by many Yankee fans who call him injury-prone, this dude has not missed one out the post not one and if you look back at 2017 as well he had a pretty significant shoulder injury that later required surgery didn't sit out played through it. yeah he struggled a little bit but he played through it played pretty well in the postseason down uh you know in the alcs i think the guy's tough and people that say he's made out of glass i just don't agree with that because what do All you right, think well it's, it's a bone i said like, enough bad about the guy i should have left my hat on for this one just to prove i'm a yankees fan i swear but, no, I get what you're saying. Like, you and want I do to, love you Judge, so I'm going to talk positive about him. If he plays 50 games, he's going to give Trout a run for his money for American League MVP because the yeah. dude is fucking phenomenal. Absolutely. And the Yankees offer him some kind of contract this offseason. It's possible. I but think I'll offer him some sort of, like, hometown, like, deal. One of them, Yelich, like, Acuna, mm-hmm. Ozzy Albies deals where it's, like, before their arbitration is up. And they're just trying to get him on that deal where, like, he's getting paid less than he would if he waits for his arbitration. And I think with all the injuries, Judge doesn't want to take a gamble on himself. I think they offered Judge, okay, best case scenario, Judge plays 50 games. He hits 19 homers. His OPS is like a one dot something. He Mm -hmm. wins American League MVP. The Yankees offer him seven years, $190 and he gets named captain this offseason. I got chills thinking about it, bro. I think, one, I think when the Yankees do sign Judge, it'll be over $200 million. And, two, he does still have, like, what, three more years left under yeah, control? Yeah, that's why he's so not going to get $200 million, bro. Hate to break no, no, I, I think he'll sign an ex- – I think Judge may sign an extension only because when he's going to be a free agent, he's going to be 31 years old. So, at that yeah. point, we may only be talking, like, a six-year deal. I think, I think you're on the right track with it. I just don't think it'll be after this year. I think it'll be after the 2021 season. Then, yeah, I think it'll be like a seven, eight-year deal maybe. over. I think it will be over $200 million. I can't plays, see it being if below. If he wins MVP and does everything I, I just said. 190 is not a lot of money nowadays, like, especially for a player that's a fixed baseball. Hmm. I mean, to us it is, bro. I'll take that right now. But, like, he, I think Judge could get way more than that. Or at least that, like $26 million a year, 190 He's worth so much more, bro. $27 million a year, dude. If anybody's worth what Trout is making or close to it, it's Aaron Judge when healthy. So, I mean, if he can be healthy – and he may even want to bank on himself, bro. I mean, listen, I'm not sure if he's concerned about himself injury-wise. Let's say he plays his entire season healthy. 
next year, maybe he wants to try it again. Because if he can have another healthy season over 162 games, replicate that MVP caliber play, bro, then we're talking well over two. Anybody on the Yankees is worth what Mike Trout is. It's Glaber, bro, not Judge. No, no. Glaber's not even close to the player Judges right now. They're not as good talent-wise, but Glaber's 23. Judge is already 28. Oh, I mean, that doesn't really have much to do with it. I mean, in terms of like the con- – no, no, no. But in, in terms of the player they are right now, I'm not saying Glaber. And this came up the other day on Twitter. Remember that conversation about who would you rather have over the next 10 years, Glaber or Judge? I'm the biggest Judge fan in the world. I had to think about it. I may say Glaber because he's younger. Saying, that's why he's worth he, more money. His peak might be just as good as Judge, his longevity you would hope would be because he's younger. But, I mean, in terms of the player they are right now, they're honestly not close. And that's a big misconception by Yankees fans that they are they're because not. they're really not. I mean, I can go stat by stat. Yeah, but one of really them's never hurt. Them. One of them's 23. I know you don't, you're not a big fan of war, bro, but Judge was more valuable by a pretty decent amount last year than Glaber Torres was. Yeah. What was Glaber's? Probably like around four? No, it wasn't even. It was like 3.2. And, okay, let me just go into this. Glaber's not that good defensively. Glaber's yeah, it's not, it, it's not even just that because people look at the 38 home runs Glaber hit and the fact that he hit almost 280 and they think he's an amazing player. But Aaron Judge, yeah, he hit less than Glaber did. Hit 272. Glaber hit 278. But what was Judge's on base? 381 completed Glaber's, I think, was 337. Slugging percentage, Judge was better. Had a 540 slugging percentage. Weighted runs created plus last year. I think Glaber had like a 129. Judge's was over 140. And keep in mind, arguably, the, not arguably it was like the worst season of Judge's career last year and he still provided more value over 102 games and glaber did over 144 judge had a war over five glaber had a war below four because what do i what did i say in the beginning I think of the show you're underestimating what i'm getting at and it's that the yankees don't have to pay judge right now they can wait that's what i'm saying you said you wanted them to sign him after this year i'm saying they can wait but they won't wait they'll try to get him on a cheaper deal by paying him now because he doesn't want to gamble on himself either there's no reason for Judge to think he should be getting a cheaper deal, though, because, I mean, he's as good. Like, he's okay, so what's he going to do? Wait till he's 31? And what kind of money is he going to no, get then? That's what I'm saying. I think he will get extended. I don't think he'll wait till he'll be a free agent, but he'll be still 29 years old after the 21, 2021 season, 29, 30 years old. And then he'll get a seven- to eight-year contract, I think. So after next year, he gets seven to eight years. I don't see him being signed long-term after this. I don't think like, – 29 year old. 29-year-old, he gets seven to eight years, and what kind of money? I'm saying seven to eight years over $200 million. 29 is not that old. But that's not that much different than me. So we're kind of agreeing because of well, course. No, that's what I, I don't think we're really, what I was even talking about in the last like minute or so was comparing. The Glaber thing. Well, but yeah, yeah but, but like I had to I'm stop. Just saying, I'm basically saying what you're saying. A I, it wasn't, a, a year it wasn't about their talent. Like obviously judge is better than Glaber. It wasn't about their talent. It's just Glaber's incredible. And he's 20. Judge is incredible. Judge is yeah. even more incredible. Like, but uh, what I'm saying which is a little off topic, not off topic, but like what, what I was saying before is that not only is Judge better, like they're not really comparable. Judge is so much better right now because what I was saying is a player that value, makes him comparable is one of them's 23 and the and one of them plays shortstop. Throw, throw age out the window because when in terms of like – No, no, no. But in terms of the conversation we're having, who's better, Judge or Gabriel? Right. So we're, we're throwing about? age out the window and injuries out the window. Obviously, Aaron Judge is better, but you can't do 100%. that. 100%. Yeah. Well, no, but what are we talking about? Because we're talking about who's the better player right now. You can do that. Judge is the better player. Glaber is primed for the much bigger contract. Oh, yeah, I would assume so. Yeah, that's fair. But I wasn't disagreeing with that. Got it. I feel like we're not even disagreeing that much. Just coming off like we are. Yeah, we're not. I'm saying I don't think the Yankees are – I don't think Judge is going to sign after this year. I think it'll be after the 2021 season. He'll still be like 29 on the cusp of 30, and he'll get seven to eight years over 200 million. I cannot see Judge getting below 200. Can, like not even a chance. I think he, he may will be if he signs this offseason, and I think he might. 
Because he's going to get $30 million a year once he signs. Yeah, well, I have him at $27 million signing after this year. Now you think he's going to gamble on himself for one more year. But we're also acting like Judge is going to be the MVP this year. So we're way well, he, off. He on is like going to be the MVP. He is going to yeah. be the MVP. All right, bro. That's enough talk about your little, you know, man crush. Um, I just recognize bro. value, bro. And let me just get my one point out oh, that I want to make clear. Okay, tell us Hold how on. he is. Go ahead. No, it's not that. But it's like people don't understand that a player's value stems from their ability to create and prevent runs. Aaron Judge went on the field. The only person that does that better than him overall is Mike Trout. Because you got to okay. factor in Aaron Judge's defense out in right field. Okay. Glaber's Let's a league average at best infielder right now because that's all we can speak of, bro. And we know Glaber's going to be good down the line. We know he's just 23. But in comparison between the two, and I get the, I get in this with Alonzo too, they're not comparable. Aaron Judge. You know what else is big about Aaron Judge? It's this That's a tremendous commercial. His act, that's another thing, bro. He's a tremendous – look at that smile. Look at that smile, bro. He is a tremendous right. actor. Tremendous actor. It's this stuff. That's another thing that's going to get Judge paid. It's that he's marketable. He sells tickets. We love him. I fucking love Aaron Judge, dude. He's the face of baseball. So that's he is absolutely the face of Major League Baseball. Yeah. Yep. NC. Next thing we're getting into is teams that could prevent the Yanks from winning it all. Okay. Like Dan said, there aren't many. Not... Yeah. Somebody's going to surprise us. We don't know who that's going to be. I don't think anybody expected the Twins to be as good as they were last year, but we handled them easily. We knew they weren't going to be a problem all along. They didn't have the formula to beat the Yankees. It's going to take a team that has, like, three really great starting pitchers to end us in the playoffs. And without further ado, I'm going to get right into it and talk about my team that could stop the Yankees from winning it all. And it's pretty obvious because they're in our division and they're our biggest threat to win the division. And it's the Tampa Rays. Now, I made this little graphic for the Talking Baseball accounts. That's a solid rotation. That team could pitch. Mm -hmm. They've got Charlie Morton, Blake Snell, Tyler Glasnow right at the top. That three can go up against any team in the league. That's a World Series starting three rotation. Now, they're going to have to do well in the regular season to even give themselves a shot at it. I don't think they're going to take the AL East from the Yankees by any means because they've got Ryan Yarborough and Yanni Chirinos at the bottom. Now those guys are going to have openers and the Rays have an insane bullpen. Their pitching is better than the Yankees pitching. Yeah. Especially if we had Severino, it'd be a different going to say that. Yeah. But their pitching is better than the Yankees. They're going to be a thorn in our side all year long in the past. The Yankees haven't had any trouble beating them themselves, but I think the Rays are going to piss on the rest of the league. And they're going to have a lot of wins. I think the Yankees win the division at like 38 and 22. I think the Rays are right behind them at like 36 and 24. And they host the wild card game. This is why, because so many of our games are against divisional opponents, the Yankees versus Rays games are going to be so much more important than they ever were before. Because in previous seasons, you play them 18 times out of 162 games this year. You're playing them, what, 10 of 60 games? Is that the number? How many times do we play the Rays? Something like that. It's, it's yeah. a huge chunk of the schedule is against the Rays. Those games are going to be so damn important, bro. So yeah. important. No, you're right. You're right. Um, not much I can really even add to that because yeah. basically hit on everything. The Rays are going to be one of the few teams that we have to worry about, and we had to worry about them last year. I think, 
I think it's going to come down to within three games. Like if we win the division, which I think we will, it'll probably be by a one to two, three game lead, maybe most. It's going to be so fun, dude. Every yeah, game is going to be so for sure. fun. Out of the few teams that I'm nervous about, like actually nervous about, the Rays are one of them, for sure. Okay. And yeah. I know, so like we said, we talked about the teams we were going to talk about, but you didn't tell me why you brought these teams up. Now, you're going to kill me with this one, bro, because I'm a hater on this squad. Okay, it would be fun if this team was good. But I'm curious to know why you think the Mets can stop the Yankees from winning the World Series this year. How? Well, first things first is because I had to come up with a team. Um, and also, we didn't <laughs> want to come up with the same teams because if it were up to me, I would have came up with the Rays and the Dodgers. Um, but, yeah, the Mets, they're, they're a good team. I mean, if they had Syndergaard, I'd actually be like much more serious about this one. But when you look at their offense, one through nine, especially with the DH, they have a really, really solid offense. We are going to face them quite a few times in the regular season. It's and not as looking- good as the Yankees. It's close if you really think about it, bro. It really is. Like, it may not – like, off the surface, bro, it may not seem that way, but the Mets are good. Their offense, their offense, at least. Their bullpen can be really solid or it could be a total meltdown like it was last year. The rotation's not that great now that Syndergaard's not in there. But, I mean, if I had to pick a team, not the teams that you picked, the Mets are up there, you know, and we could always face them in the World Series. They, need, always get a their, they need their poor man's version of LeMahieu to do what he did last year, and that's Jeff McNeil. Jeff McNeil, yeah. And they also have Brandon Nimmo their, coming back for a full season, too. They and Nimmo is good. their poor man's version of Aaron Judge to do what he did last season. That's really poor man's though. version. Yeah, Those and guys also, had insane seasons. Now, yeah, I'm, I'll sure. say one of the two will repeat. One of the two is going to suck. Bank on it. I don't know. I think they'll both be decent. Definitely not as good as last Nimmo year. Is awful. But, I mean, you got to think, too, like they have other players that are good, like Brandon Nimmo, like I just mentioned. Michael poor Conforto. Brett Gardner. Michael Conforto. They literally have a poor man's Nimmo's, uh, Nimmo's better. I, I'd rather have him than Brett Gardner. He gets on base a lot. If you look at his weighted run, created plus, bro, over the past couple of years he's played, he's been real solid. Who else is there? I mean, really the only down parts oh. of their lineup is what? Brandon uh, Nimmo was freaking awful. At, uh, he wasn't oh, awful. See, that's the thing. You look at his, his average, right, and you see in a down year, look at his on-base percentage. Look at his weighted runs created plus. Oh Dog hit like 220. He still was like, what, a 110 weighted runs created plus, something Bro, like that? He had a, zero, year before, he had a year, 0.7 war in 69 games. Nice. Okay, well, he was coming back from injury, first of all. And the year prior, in 2018, bro, Dog had a 149 weighted runs created plus. One one war last year, bro. Bro, Brandon Nimmo, he's better than you think. And you love on-base percentage. Dude, of course Brandon I do, because that's what matters. OPS was 783. Guardies was 830, 829. Honestly, one, I don't see – Brett Gardner, he was a product of juice balls last year, 100%. I don't think many people can dispute that. We don't even that. need Gardner. Look at, look at Brett Gardner the year – look at the Brett Gardner the year. I know, before. I know. His OPS is like a 690 or he something. He was trash. He, he was absolute trash. And I like Brett Gardner. But if you ask me who would I take for the 2020 season, Nimmo or Gardner, I'm taking Nimmo. On base percentage does matter. How do you create runs? By getting on base. And that's what he does. Their catcher is yeah. Nito? Is that their starter? No, it, it's, it's, it's Ramos. That's what I was going to say. Oh, right, right. Okay, Wilson Ramos. Still, he, he, he's not even that good. The, the downsides of the lineup is uh, Wilson Ramos, Ahmed Rosario, who – Rosario, he even improved uh, a little bit last year too. So, I mean, one through Whatever. seven, the lineup's real solid. Eight and their nine. X-Factors, much, still not bad. X-Factors are, got, are Alonzo, uh, McNeil, guys we haven't hit on, are Marcus Stroman. They need him to be good. They don't just never know what Cano could do last year. I mean, last year, Cano, the last, I think, month of the season, he was real solid. I want Cano to do well, too. I like Cano. No. I'm a hater because their fans are annoying as hell on Twitter. 
Yesterday I was getting dragged. I hate their fans. I hate their fans. I root for them to do well, though. People are going to come at me for that. No, I, I do you guys are on well. that wave, dude. I hate any team that's not the Yankees. I'm going to put that out there. And the Mets fans have made me hate them even more because I know a lot of their fans, and that's what makes sports fun. And yesterday I tweeted some joke about how Pete Alonso is not the face of New York baseball, and they bot trolled me, and that was actually a lot of fun. It's hard to hate your little brother, though. It's kind of fucked up. I hate him. No? <laughs> I hate him. The Mets are my little brother, but we don't have the same mom, and we never lived together. And I don't like them. The I mean, same. the way I look at it is, why We're would I hate dad, a team? Why mom. would I hate a team that all I've known is success over them? Like, there's no reason for me to hate. Oh them, yeah. You know? Okay. All right. Well, let me say this. I'm well. a massive bully, and I'm bullying the shit yeah. out of them now, yeah. and I'll keep it going all season long. I also don't think they're as good as they think they're going to be. Their division's way too good. They might not even be in the playoffs. That's the thing, too. Yeah, their division is tough as fuck. I mean, they're not I've better than the Braves. Times, they're not Syndergaard better than the Nationals. Being out, Syndergaard being out hurts them a lot. A focus. Lot. They need to focus on the Phillies and worry about the rest later because the mm-hmm. Phillies are going to be the biggest thorn in their side. The Braves yeah. and the Nationals are better than them. And I really just want to clarify this. I'm not picking the Mets to stop the Yankees this year. I had to pick a team. The Mets are up there of teams like I consider to be really good. Okay? I feel like with this next team – I hardly have to elaborate, and it's the Los Angeles Dodgers. Again, yep. I put out that graphic the other day of best rotations in baseball on the Talking Baseball account, and the Dodgers were also on it. Mm-hmm. That rotation is solid. That is fucking solid as hell. Kershaw and Walker Bueller at the top. I mean, it's Clayton Kershaw. He's starting to regress a little bit, but it's crazy because he's starting to regress, and he's still arguably a top 10 starter in the game. Walker Bueller might – might take over he's definitely taking over as the ace of that staff i looked up like depth charts on espn to make this or depth charts on like Mm -hmm. i forget what site i was on and they had kershaw ahead of walker bueller i don't know what their plan is i don't know if they're trying to protect people's egos over there but if you ask me i'm putting walker bueller out there for game number one if i'm the dodgers um well i know i agree with you in terms of opening day it doesn't really matter the respect side of it, I would just give it to Kershaw. But if we're talking like, like postseason game one, then yeah, Bueller for sure. Yeah, Walker Bueller is an absolute dog. He's Julio Urias, Alex Wood, Dustin May. Have you seen some of the clips pitching ninjas putting out there with them? And they didn't even – yeah. we're talking about the Yankees having replace, guys that can replace guys. Dude, Ross Stripling wasn't even on their depth chart, and he's that's, nasty that's too. Nice. They're good. They really are. They're All nasty. Too, and, bro, we haven't even talked about their hitters. Bro, they have Mookie and Cody Bellinger in the <laughs> lineup, dude. <laughs> The they're scary i mean like and i can bring this up that was gonna be the team one of the teams that i was gonna bring up but we just like i said we didn't want to you know say the same stuff but yeah the dodgers if we're being honest the two teams that really genuinely scare me like actually the rays and the dodgers so i mean you yeah, hit it on and the, the dodgers are way better than the rays they're just not in our division that's the world series matchup we deserve is the yankees and dodgers bro yeah it'd be great yeah. it'd be great for baseball i think we can have sure. it i think it's gonna happen all right bro so you got one more team left to talk about who can stop the Yankees from winning the World Series. We both kind of scoffed at this one when you mentioned it. Yeah. Go ahead. I, yeah. And... I mean, I feel like I, I got to reiterate this a million times. I've had, I had to pick different teams in Kyle. The other team that's really solid that could cause us some trouble, although I really don't anticipate it happening at all, especially in the playoffs. The Twins, can't lie, they are really, really good, and they've only gotten better. Okay, so the last two decades – the Yankees have essentially played a full season against the Twins. They've played 156 games against the Minnesota Twins in the last two decades combined. The Yankees' record against the Twins is 110 and 46, bro. Bro, that is they, disgusting. They, they obliterate them, and then the yeah. is that including the postseason too? 
Because we all know about that. No, actually, bro, I not. last year too. When everybody's like, "These aren't your grandpa, aren't your grandpa's twins," and then we swept them, bro. Dude, Seriously. in the postseason, oh my god! In the 2010s and 2000s, the Yankees are 16 and two against the Twins. Yep. That wasn't including that 110 and 46. That just goes to show why why I'm not actually that concerned because but their really no lineup is loaded, bro. Their lineup is loaded. Max Kepler's a dog. Jorge Polanco was in the MVP discussion last year. Nelson Cruz is going to play till he's 90. Yeah, Josh yeah. Donaldson's a dog. Rosario, Mitch Garver. People are high on this Luis Arias guy. Miguel Sano is a dog. What's their pitching rotation look like? Byron Buxton. I, I just named their nine hitters, and they're all – they're not going to all be all-stars, but they all have all-star potential. Yeah, it, it, their offense is just like us. Okay, so they added some guys that they needed. They needed starting pitching depth, and we saw that in the playoffs last year. They were running out bums against this Uber, Uber driver shit. Uber boy. Yeah. Jose Barrios is a stud. Yep. Jake Odorizzi can be he's a stud. Right. He's not – he's the Yankees. That's who they should have started Uber. game two. I still don't understand why whoever the Twins manager didn't start him game two. They started yeah. the Uber boy. Your best and, guys out there, bro. Yeah. I didn't Let Uber boy start at home. Yeah, bro, can you imagine putting fucking Uber Boy in game two of the ALDS in Yankee Stadium? Like, how did yeah. you think that was going to go? And, of course, we won that game, what, like nine to three or some shit? Nine to right. Two? And then their number five starter is Julius Chassin. Is that the dude that used to pitch for the Angels? The name oh, I didn't even familiar. mention um, Kenta Maeda or Homer Bailey. I skipped right to number five. Oh, that's right. They got Maeda in the uh, – that was a three-way deal with Mookie, right? Yeah, something like that. I yeah. remember that, though. So, they that, added – That's a solid addition. I mean – They added some pitchers they needed – Oh yeah, Chassin pitched for the Red Sox last year. It was pathetic. Not that's not enough pitching though that they added to make me nervous about him really anymore. Because yeah. I mean, yeah, they added Donaldson, but their offense was already. We already knew how good their offense was. We were able to handle it last year, and now we added Garrett Cole. Yeah, dude, I think we'll be all right. All right. They're not a yeah. threat. Yeah, I had some other teams on my list that I almost brought up. I was gonna say the Nationals, just because I think that's a team that could make it back to the World Series, and that's not a team I'd want to match up against in the World Series because their top three starters are probably the best in baseball. Mm -hmm. And I was going to say the Blue Jays just to have some fun. I think that – I am interested in what the Blue Jays do. They're going to be great eventually. It's just a matter of whether or not they can be ahead of schedule. Yeah. Honestly, now that you mention it, bro, I probably – if I could swap out my pick right now, take the Nationals instead of the Twins. In terms yeah. of like who who's gonna stop us? Because their rotation is filthy. They just won the World Series last year, so yeah, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna change my answer. The Nationals, because I'm not really that obviously not scared of the Twins. I'm I think just not. You at the be. end of the day, we're not particularly worried. Scared of anybody, bro? We're not scared of anybody. That's the thing. That's why this segment, like I said, is so hard because who are we really that afraid of besides the Dodgers and the Rays? I'm not even that afraid of them, if we're being honest. But if somebody was, I could understand. Like, if that's sure. the only two, like, re- like, actually reasonable teams to, like, consider a threat, you know? D-Rourke, I don't think you gave me what you think the Yankees' record is going to be this year. I already said 38-22. and 22. That was kind of off the top, and I'll stick with it. I had the Yankees winning 40 games, which Kyle just told me is 108 games over a 162-game season. Is that what you said? Yeah, 108 yeah, wins. I'm going with that because, remember, guys, it's just going to be a really good stretch of baseball, which we know the Yankees are capable of. Maybe it's a hot take. I don't really think it is. Yankees are winning 40 games this year. They're going to go 40 and 20 and win the AL East, you know, just by a smidge, though, because the Rays, like we said, are going to be very good, too. It is not out of the realm of possibility because we have the best manager in baseball that just led us to 103 wins. Mm-hmm. Out to Aaron Boone. We haven't mentioned his name once on this. Love that guy. Oh, fuck yeah, bro. 103 fuck wins last season with the B team. So yeah. if everybody's healthy in 60 games, 
plus Garrett wins, Cole. Which is a typical 100 plus Garrett Cole. Typical 108 win pace. It's very possible, bro. But yeah. dude, Dan Rourke, the kid. This was fun as hell, bro. This was a blast, bro. We got to do this again. And we know we're going to do it again. It's like confirmed. It's 100% we're going to do it we again. We could go on all day. Dude, we yeah. just went. We, we really did, bro. We were going to try to trim this shit down. Go ahead. <laughs> we hopped on this call at 10 a.m. What time's it now? Holy fuck, bro. One o'clock. <laughs> Damn, dog. Well, we loved it, though. You know, it was a good-ass time. Yeah. We're definitely going to do it again. And, uh, bro, it was an honor being on the call with you today and doing this. Hell, yeah. It was fun as hell. We didn't even really have anything in mind. We just kind of wung it. We, like, practiced a little bit. And we made some notes. And yep. we don't really have anything scheduled for the future. But I'll bet you any amount of money me and D-Rourke are going to do one of these again. Bro, I appreciate you. you letting me hop on your YouTube channel. Hopefully sure, some of these people get to know Anytime. me. Follow me, Kyle NYY. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Um, guys, uh, make sure you go and follow follow Kyle at uh, what is it, Kyle NYY? You said on yep. Twitter and on Instagram. Yeah, Instagram too. I'm not as crazy about my Yankees posts on Instagram, but I like to make friends, so follow me. Yeah, and he uh, he he works for John Boy Media. If you can't tell by this shit, yeah, so if you haven't already, which I'm sure they all they, if they're watching this, bro, they know who you guys are. Yeah, if not, I uh, run the Talking sure. Yanks, the Talking Baseball Instagram accounts, Twitter accounts, stuff like that. The John Boy Media accounts. I do a lot of the posting for John Boy on the main John Boy Media YouTube channel. That man's a legend. He's I'm I'm a bigger fan of those guys than I'll ever be in myself. John Boy's a beast, bro. John Boy, Jake, all you guys, you're all you're all beasts. Yeah, dude, it's a lot of fun, bro. So we gotta do this again for sure. Word up, bro. So opening day's Thursday. Yes, sir. Can't wait, bro. Her body's gold like September. She burns through the night like an ember. And all those things we try forgetting, I remember. But we say we all fine. We all fine.